1: This is Sex and Science Hour with Brian Sovereign and Dr. Stephanie Murphy. Get your freak on.
0: Happy Friday, everybody. It's been a long-ass day. You know why? Because Brian (laughs) got up early at 8 a.m. or maybe before and stood in line at Best Buy to get the Super NES Classic. Yeah. And you... Spoiler alert, folks. He got it <laughs> right before well, we did the show. We were playing with it, and yes. it is amazing. It's oh. Worth getting up early as someone who didn't actually get up early
1: as my boyfriend just did. But... Oh no, I let you sleep. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so so tell me a little bit about the how your day started, Brian today.
1: All right, so I got up, I guess, a little before eight, something like that, and and I, you know, I just hit the ground running because. I didn't know what the situation. You don't have was time to waste. Like. You don't know yeah. if you're
0: going to be able to get one of these. Now, this the NES Classic was a uh, a, a toy, I guess, a, a video game system that console, came, yeah, yeah, video game console that came out last Christmas or before last Christmas. Yeah, last November. But yeah. the problem was, Nintendo promised people this item, you know, that it was going to be available in stores for. $60 price point or something. And it was a little thing you could plug in via USB to your com- to computer or TV. USB
1: and HDMI, yeah.
0: And it would have the classic Nintendo controllers attached to it. Mm-hmm. And you could play video games on it. And not just any video games, but the ones that you used to play when you were a kid. On right. the On the Nintendo console. The original Nintendo and the Super Nintendo. Yeah. Now, last year, they I don't know if anybody actually got one. Everybody was trying to get them. Everybody was standing in line. Everybody was... We, Brian, you and I were were wanting to get one. So we were sitting there at 5 p.m. the day it was supposed to be available on Amazon. And we were hitting refresh, refresh, refresh. Finally, oh... Sorry, this item is not available. It was never available. So we were we were deeply skeptical that there were any of these things ever actually on the market. We don't know anybody who got one. We knew a lot of people who were trying to get one and wanted to get one.
1: Yeah, we. But we nobody don't know who a actually person. got one. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so there was a lot of speculation. Like, did they actually have these things to begin with? Did anybody get one? Now this year they say they're coming out with the Super NES Classic, which is kind of similar. It's a little bit more expensive, eighty dollars, but not. Not expensive enough to really, uh, to really be in line with the supply and demand curve. <laughs> right. You know, people are going to be waiting outside stores to get them because there's just not enough of them to go around, and they're priced too cheaply to incentivize people not to buy them. So, or to make it
1: well, hard it's a for great value because yeah. you're getting a console, you're getting both controllers. Well, that's this one time. way to look at it. I yeah, was doing
0: well, a hard economic analysis. Yeah.
1: Well, the thing is, there's a lot of those games. Some of those games I even have on my on my 3ds, and like I I'd pay fifteen bucks a pop for some of those games on my 3ds. It comes or, with a suite of games. Bucks. How many? Yeah, twenty one games. Twenty
0: one games. games. Yeah. My God. Now, how many of those games did you play as a as a child?
1: Almost everyone. Yeah. There's a couple on there. You were playing
0: Kirby's World or something before we started doing the show. And man, I was a ten-year-old girl again, playing on <laughs> my Game Boy, not in color because they didn't have color Game Boys back then. Right. See how old I am, but uh, <laughs> it really transported me back, and it you you really get that nostalgic feeling. I don't get sentimental or nostalgic very often, but you do. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, uh, I, I but this really yeah. made me nostalgic. So it, it was cool. I'm glad you got it. So anyway, you got up early before 8 o'clock. Yes. No fucking around. You went right down to the store. Now, your plan was to go to Best Buy. Best Buy opened at 10 a.m. You were going to get there at 8, 8.30, as early as you could, and see if they had any and, s- and see if there was any line outside the front. Now, the night before, we discovered that Walmart actually was right next door, and it opened at 7 o'clock a.m., And I said, well, why don't you check Walmart? Because they might have them, too. Right. And you said, okay, well, you know, even though Walmart opens at 7, I'm not going to get up at 6. I'm going to stick to my original plan, get up at 8, go to Best Buy, and see if I can get there before they open. But I'll stop at Walmart and look. Now, you stopped at Walmart at 8.30, right, when you got there? Yeah. And they were already sold out.
1: Yeah, they said they only had 18 of them, so and they sold out of those.
0: But still, in the 7 o'clock hour... Yeah, they were people gone. People came and gobbled those things up. Yeah, they were Ooh,
1: gone. Ooh, that's a hot product. <laughs> and it's not even Christmas yet. It's not even
0: Halloween yet. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, the thing. All right. So, but understand, like w- whatever the reality is, that happened last year with the NES Classic. Whether it's Nintendo really didn't expect the demand, or they did it on purpose because they're the kings of of creating these kind of artificial shortages. Yeah. Okay. They did it on purpose. Um, well whatever yeah but i mean the stores weren't going to put up with it this time you know and i think that's the thing is they didn't know oh. what they would be dealing oh,
0: with. oh yeah that's right because the stores are going to get yeah abused. there hasn't been a product in a while that people are really beating down the doors for literally yeah maybe <laughs> this not is since, the
1: next tickle me elmo <laughs> yeah or the miley cyrus barbie dolls or something right yeah but, um but so you went to be- best buy yeah so walmart was sold out yeah. went to best buy best buy had like this ticket system where they had yeah, thirty of them, because they don't want people literally beating down
0: their doors. <laughs> no, right, right. So they
1: they had thirty of them. They were offering the tickets before seven a.m. I wasn't really aware of this exactly. Mm. Uh, and a bunch of a few people did go there. Must have gone there before seven a.m. to get those tickets, or at seven a.m. They should didn't say, tell you
0: about tickets. the tickets because didn't you call them like the day? I before? did. They
1: didn't say a word. Uh, but, wow. Yeah. Whatever. So, but anyway, like I get there and I'm there at like nine and nobody's there. I'm like, wow, okay, great. And so no competition. You're Right. Right. And then, then eventually some other people showed up, but they gave us tickets. I got ticket number 21. So I got, I kind of got lucky because they only had 30 of them. So
0: it wasn't that nobody was there. It was just that 20 other people showed up before you and got their tickets and left. Right. But (laughs) then came back to pick up their
1: thing. Exactly. But I waited there from nine to 10. I was the first in line ready to go. Uh, But I I wasn't too worried about it because I figured that well, I mean, I was a little sweating a little bit about it, but because I would have went to GameStop if I found out yeah. that Best Buy didn't have it. There which was also potential wasn't
0: alternative options if they if you couldn't get it at Best Buy. Right.
1: I mean, the thing is, unlike the NES Classic, and I, I've been reading some of the news about it all day long, and apparently this has gone pretty smoothly. Pretty much as long as you put some extra effort, just a little bit of extra effort into getting one of these, you could get it uh, today, which is really... That's well, impressive. that's probably
0: exactly what Nintendo wanted it to be. They wanted it to be a little bit hard so you felt like you had to do some extra work <sighs> and you could so- call yourself special. <laughs> but not too hard because yeah, they wanted you to actually buy it.
1: Yeah, but see, now here's the other thing is that I was I was watching um, a YouTube show that I regularly watch about video games, usually retro video games. And they were saying in the cities, they were reporting... That a lot of people were literally making eBay listings as they were in line waiting to buy this. Nintendo's not behind that. Like I'll give Nintendo shit where it deserves oh, it. Oh, that's but, shady. Yeah, and and they were complaining about it, and they were just like, you know, what the fuck? It's like I thought I thought we'd be in line with people that, oh hey, we want to play, um, you know, we want to play Super Mario World or we want to play right. uh, Star Fox. No, we want to make a buck on eBay.
0: Yeah, and, and that's, that's disappointing. And Crushing again, my childhood dreams.
1: Well, I would never make that statement. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so what's your what's your initial review of it after having played with it? for Ten now? out of ten. It, yeah. it's phenomenal. I love everything it, it has. is awesome. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, you were playing Donkey Kong. You were playing Mario Kart, yep, Super Star Mario Fox. World, all the classics. Yeah. It was so great. definitely, if you can get your hands on one, if they're not sold out, we recommend to do it. all oh, right yeah. There's more coming up here on Sex and Science Hour, and since it's a short show tonight, we're going to cut out the commercial breaks and see how that goes. We'll be right back. Literally.
1: This is exercise. I
0: told you we'd be right back, didn't I? You weren't kidding. Yeah, I pay the tease. When I when I tease, <laughs> I pay the tease. I, I'll say, it. jeez. <laughs> Brian, there's a stink bug invasion. Do you know about this? No,
1: I do. Oh no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is your worst nightmare. Brian hates stink
1: bugs. Oh, I don't. hate I'm not like afraid of them. I don't hate them. Either. Oh, I
0: didn't say you were afraid of them. Yeah. I mean, but let's be honest. Nobody really likes them. They're an invasive species. OK. They're not even really native to North America. I think they're from the uh, the China area of the world. Oh, that figures. And somehow they've invaded. The
1: Chinese invasion. <laughs>
0: That's right. They have little cameras on their backs. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but, you know, we live in the northeastern U.S., and it's a pretty calm area. We don't have to deal with hurricanes. We really don't have to deal with earthquakes. Knock on wood, everything's pretty nope, much fine. And it's just winter blizzard. It's a geologically privileged area. It does have cold winters, as you said, but... Yeah. You know, that's predictable, at least. You can be ready for a winter. You drive a Subaru or a Toyota. And, uh, (laughs) you know, I've never seen so many RAV4s in my life up here. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, a winter is not
1: going to thrash your house, right? I mean, like that's... Yeah, yeah. as
0: long as your house is built with a pitched roof so that the snow doesn't accumulate on top of the flat roof or anything. Right. So, yeah, it is actually very interesting to see how the architecture differs in New England versus, for example, if you go to Arizona or something, it's completely different. I mean, everybody has the swamp cooling in their basements and stuff. Yeah. And they have the flat, flatter roofs and the, the uh, stucco-style houses. And Remember
1: the Alamo? Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Molan Lave. <laughs> anyway, you might be saying that if stink bugs come invade your house. I was going to say, one of the things we have to deal with is bugs, but only in the summer, because the winter kills everything off. Yeah. But apparently stink bugs, it's a type of bug. It, if you've never seen one, it's kind of a... It's kind of a camo green and brown. It's kind of like a like a it can blend in with a tree trunk, and they're kind of like a square or jewel shaped beetle. They have like a faceted almost shell, and they stink. That's well, why they're, they're called, called stink yeah, bugs. Yeah,
1: if you touch them,
0: if you touch them, you'll if you smell crush it, them, yeah. even if you vacuum them up, as we're going to find out in this article, here, or as I found out from the article, um, there is not much you can do that involves touching them that won't result in in a stink. And so what do you do about these little motherfuckers? (laughs) Well, they try to get in your house over the winter because they want to hibernate. Um, This is the time of year where it's starting to get cold and they will find little cracks in people's homes and they crawl in the cracks and then they overwinter in your house. And then in the spring, they wake up again and uh, make your life a nightmare. So but but the thing is, what do you do? Because if you try to smush them, they're going to stink up your house. Well, where are they invading?
1: Like, is it specific areas? It's in the
0: the northeastern U.S. Uh, Okay. This is the time of year. So, okay, here's an article from WCVB5, an ABC affiliate in Boston, um, about the stink bug invasion. They're back. Creepy crawly stink bugs are currently infesting homes across the country, expelling pungent fumes wherever anyone inadvertently squashes the aptly named pests. The fall marks their annual migration into rural houses where they seek shelter, but the insects are now appearing in larger droves than ever. If you're seeing a few now, you're going to see them by the dozens and maybe even hundreds as we get closer to the end of October, said Howard Russell, an entomologist from Michigan State University. And it won't
1: stop. Wow. Yeah. I hope it snows.
0: Yeah, I know. I think it's going to be a bad winter. My mom said she saw squirrels, like, really packing away the, the food. Oh, so yeah, those squirrels. That's the squirrels squirrely. know what's up. But yeah, maybe the stink bugs know what's up, too. I mean, you know how certain bugs have bad years? Like, some years there's, like, tons of caterpillars, mm-hmm. gypsy moths, and cicadas come out every 17 years. Well, apparently this is the year of the stink bug. So what should you do if you get one in your house? Well, the first thing you do you can do is prevention. Some people say they rub dryer sheets around their windows, but really you just block off all the holes that you can find, like the cracks around your windows nah. so they can't crawl in. The second way is to sweep them up. Use a dustpan to sweep them into the toilet instead of squishing and then flush them. You can vacuum them up, but you have to get rid of the vacuum bag immediately because it's going to stink. Well, or you can drown them in soapy water. So that's okay. what to do if stink bugs invade.
1: I mean, the stink's not like... Like it smells like a, like asparagus and piss. I mean, it's not like the worst. <laughs> yeah, smell they never
0: or. really smelled that bad to me. It's yeah. not like it's a skunk or anything. Yeah. I mean, a skunk in your house would be worse, right? Definitely, even than a thousand stink bugs. But I don't know.
1: Maybe I'll be eating my words this fall. Well, I will say. I mean i I've seen huge ones. I've seen like larger stink bugs this year than I've seen, and not not more, but hmm. larger ones. Actually, the other night I went to like reach for my watch. I mean, when you live Uh-oh. around these things, you this know. This is the how deal. the horror movie starts, right? I, I, like like I say, I mean, if you if you're a New England boy, I mean, or you know, or gal, whatever, you, you know, you, you you get it. Like yeah. I reach for my watch and I felt something on my watch. I'm like, oh, what the hell, you know? And then I instantly went to smell my finger, like it was just instinct. I was barely awake. I just, you know, you just when you grow up here, you just know. And and I was like, oh shit, it was a stink bug. And then I, you know, I went and turned on the light and I I killed it, whatever, and you know. Flushed it down the toilet,
0: but did you avoid smushing it? No, no. I oh, didn't you care. still smushed yeah. it. Yeah, okay. I, I mean that's the other thing. Well, too. it already I think got you on your finger anyway, it. so yeah. what? What the hell? You're going for broke at that point.
1: Yeah, but when you feel something funny at night in New England, like I mean, I don't know. For me, it's just <laughs> when you smell
0: you something that. funny and feel a yeah. tickle. Yeah,
1: I mean, it can't be as bad. Like let, you know, let me tell you, bad Florida. Okay, well, Florida. Oh,
0: yes, they have biblical
1: insects there. Yeah, Florida is bad all the way around, but. That when you get the love bugs every May and October, that's bad because there's times where you're driving you can't see, because they're they're literally I mean blackout are, conditions. It's, it is It's blackout conditions as these fucking love bugs, and there's a lot of stories around or a lot of uh, urban conspiracy myths, theories conspiracies around yeah. where these love bugs come from. Uh, Wait, that tell me expi- some of the
0: conspiracy theories. I well, want to know the main about this. one
1: is that University of South Florida um,
0: created them. Created
1: like was trying to create them. To, to handle eat the another mosquito bug. population. Yeah, that's right. Okay. I heard Which this one? Look, conspiracy or not, like that sort of thing happens where, where like you were talking about how some years there's a lot of caterpillars. Uh-huh. And also, like literally, uh, uh, scientists, I'll just put it that way, mm-hmm. uh, will unleash another kind of insect that's their natural predator and then it ends up fucking up everything. I mean, this, this has been done in New York a million times. But anyway, so that's the theory is that they were like a modified creature and to, to to handle insects and because of it they were modified to like constantly be reproducing and that's why they're called love bugs because there's always two of them attached to each other oh, God. And, yeah i mean so you're never just dealing that's with one disgusting it's the weirdest thing i mean it's like you're watching these flying fuckers like literally yeah, literally fucking, flying fuckers uh, you know all all, all over multitask. the place and they'll just they'll cover your car i, I mean and and oh you know it's so funny people say don't buy a black car no if you live in florida you buy a fucking black car you don't none of this white car stuff or anything like that because all you're gonna do is just see all the bugs all over it get get a black car
0: yeah well one thing you may not be able to get so easily is a kidney that's a segue for you whoa um,
1: <laughs> i have yeah, a, that was a black car we, we delivered a- by uber <laughs>
0: Well, you might be able to get that soon. Um,
1: Yeah. Amazon everything. (laughs)
0: This was sent in by one of the uh, folks on our Facebook group. Kidney donors swap organs for transplant vouchers for loved ones. This is very interesting by Josh Boswell from The New Scientist. The world's first voucher system for people who donate kidneys has boosted donations by giving U.S. donors transplant coupons they can give to a loved one in need. The concept was invented by a former judge in California who became the first donor in the scheme in 2014. Howard Broadman wanted to give his four-year-old grandson, Quinn Gerlach, a kidney, whose chronic kidney disease meant that he is likely to need a transplant within the next decade or two. When somebody needs a new organ, they go on a transplant list, but organs are in short supply. There are currently more than 93,000 people in the U.S. waiting for a kidney, and 12 of those die waiting every day. Wow. One way to get around this is to have a friend or relative choose to donate a kidney directly to you. But they're not always a match, of course. Um, Broadman said, I know Quinn will eventually need a transplant, but by the time he's ready, I'll be too old to give him one of my kidneys. He says he first considered being altruistic and simply donating a kidney to someone else. But then he says, I started thinking, this is bullshit. I should get something for this. Broadman approached the University of California, Los Angeles and asked them to give him a voucher for donating a kidney to someone now that will make his grandson more likely to get a transplant when he needs one in the future UCLA surgeon Jeffrey Veal agreed and set up a voucher scheme Veal and his team's analysis of the scheme published this month suggests that it really does encourage more people to donate kidneys. Veal says wider adoption of the scheme could lead to thousands more donations So This is really interesting. I mean, it sounds like a great idea, right? Mm -hmm. Like, if you donate your kidney, you should get a voucher, right? But, I mean, there's a reason that organ markets are prohibited. And this is what it's going to become, an organ market. Because will you be able to sell that voucher? Well, maybe they say you can't. But is there going to be somebody who uh, gives their friend, hey, why don't you donate? (laughs) I need a kidney. Why don't you, friend or son or cousin or whoever, donate a kidney to someone else, I'll give you $100,000 if you do that, you get the voucher, and then you give the voucher to me. Right. You know, it becomes an organ market awfully quickly. And I'm not saying that's necessarily a bad thing. There are some countries in the world where they do have markets for organs like kidneys and even um, other organs like livers and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Because you can donate a lobe of a liver or you can donate a, a kidney or half a kidney or something like that and still live and be pretty much fine. But... You know, obviously there's some difficult incentives created when you do that. And yeah. so <laughs> is this voucher thing just another organ market or will it actually be avoiding uh, the pri- the best of both worlds? What do you think, Brian?
1: Uh, you can run into some serious problems pretty quickly. And I, I'm very worried about just a um, stock voucher system. Yeah, I agree. And who controls the
0: vouchers? We'll be right back. Again, I wasn't
1: kidding. Who vouches the vouchers? Who vouches the vouchers? <laughs> Indeed, I think it's really interesting. Well, I mean, the thing is, I think the concern that a lot of people have, the reason why there's a lot of laws around this, uh, just one reason, there's mm-hmm. a multitude of them, is that yeah, somebody could put a gun to your head, pretty much, or yep. could say, "Look, I'm going to out, out, out your family if, uh, or you know, off your family if you don't give up your kidney and get yeah. this voucher or something." And then that's that's the real concern. I think that a lot of people have um,
0: or what if you're, you know, someone's just desperate for money. It's just another another avenue for them to like people joke about, oh, my God, I'm so broke. I'm going to sell my kidney. You can't yeah, right. do that. <laughs> right. But, you know, if you could, I'm sure some people would.
1: Yeah. I mean, the the hard part for me is, is I don't really want to legislate anything. But I recognize that there are real dangers, you know, that 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 come along. with. Yeah. um You know, with with doing some of these things willy nilly, you know, I agree.
0: Uh, I mean, if you if you really look at it with a cold, hard look, I guess, very dispassionately, you know, do you own your body? Yes or no? Yes, you own your body. Okay, should you be able to do whatever you want with your body? Yes. Uh, Right. Okay. There's that. Can you sell other body tissues such as uh, eggs and sperm? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, men pretty much have an unlimited supply of sperm. Women have almost an unlimited supply of eggs. We talked about egg donors and the risks before on the show. Right. So there's obviously, you know, some risk to at least that procedure. There's really no risk to donating sperm, (laughs) except losing your chi, perhaps. Uh, (laughs) But, you know, people can sell those tissues and organs, right? Yeah. And well, in fact, the egg market is quite unregulated and there's no follow up of the donors. Yeah. And they don't even know what happens to you. So I mean, is it just a difference of degrees? I mean, you only have two kidneys, but you have ten thousand eggs or so.
1: Well, right? but where does it stop? Because okay, you can't sell your kidney. Well, then that that assumes and that infers that you're not allowed to like do something to your kidney. So are is there certain foods that you can you not drink whatever the case may be like that could affect that could essentially affect your kidney like technically the law sh- would go that far you know saying well you can't do anything to to your kidney right i i mean like it it gets stupid very very quickly or at least it can right. um so yeah.
0: yeah i mean it becomes um paternalistic awfully fast if you start telling people what body parts they can and what they can and can't do with their body right
1: yeah Yeah. I mean, it's funny. In fact, I've I've had family members who have had failing kidneys and they were told on no uncertain terms, you need to change your diet now or you're going to die. Mm -hmm. And in fact, they died. Um, wow because, they would rather die than change their diet right they wouldn't change their diet but that's the thing people, is that yeah if, if you can tell people they can't sell their kidney but you can't for you can force them to not sell it but you can't force them to change their diet i'm not saying i want them to do that i don't yeah but you my don't want point to force anybody to do anything exactly but my point is is where's the difference mm-hmm. like i I, you know at the end of the day i really don't i, I don't see it yeah so,
0: It becomes more complicated, too, because it has to be a match. And, you know, obviously, when somebody needs to get a kidney from somebody else, it's not ideal because you have to, like, kind of suppress their immune system. You don't want to reject it. But, I mean, right now, the matchmaking system is, obviously, there's way more people who need a kidney than donated kidneys available, right? Mm -hmm. And, And you have to find a good match, and you have to find somebody of a similar age or who's young and... It's like decided by committee is the point. Right. And aren't there better haven't we figured out that there are better ways to decide things than by committee? Yeah. (laughs) You know? Um, anyway, so hurricane victims call sex hotline. We are in the sex segment, by the way. Hurricane victims call sex hotline after FEMA mistakenly tweets wrong number. What? Several Hurricane Irma victims called a 1-800 number for help and were offered phone sex instead of hurricane relief assistance. The Miami Herald reported that the Federal Emergency Management Agency's Region 4 office accidentally tweeted the number Wednesday, which offered assistance to people dealing with damaged roofs. The number was supposed to be a 1-888 number, not a 1-800 number. Welcome to America's Hottest Talk Line. Guys, hot ladies are waiting to talk to you. Press 1 to connect free now, said the recording of the 1-800 number.
1: All right, let's be frank, though. I mean, a sex worker is going to be able to do a whole lot more for you than FEMA. <laughs> you know <laughs> like by a long shot i mean you're and you're gonna have much better customer service apparently uh, i i mean it's it's really going to be a phenomenal We're just experience. referring people to the sex workers well we can't help you now yeah you i mean if anything and it, right and if it's about the roof i mean fuck she, she usually a, a great sex worker will get a discount rate at the local hotel or motel i mean you're it's going to be cheaper you're going to feel yeah, better you, you know and you're going to have a memory that's going to last you a lifetime fuck the roof but, you know i mean who cares you know, I, I thought that was kind of a silly
0: article. The only reason I brought it up was because, one, I wanted to have a sex article. And two, I feel like maybe I was born at the wrong time. I didn't think there were sex phone sex numbers still operational. Like, who calls phone sex numbers?
1: Oh, oh, oh. oh. This let is me, not
0: for an out call, girl. This is just to talk on the phone and jerk
1: off. Let me tell you, I think the same thing. Who the fuck needs the Geek Squad? Okay. Right. This morning at Best Buy. I guess people do. There were people lined up to get their computers fixed. Oh my god. That's insane. Wow. Who the, how I didn't the fuck have no do idea. you even
0: damage your computer? Like that's keeping Best Buy in business.
1: Yeah, like that really does I mean, and they're they're all older people. And it just I couldn't believe it. I'm like, really? You know, like we're not to the point where computers only cost two hundred bucks and if something that bad goes wrong, it's not cheaper to just buy a new fucking computer than it is to deal with Geek Squad. <laughs> Uh, I mean, so so. My point being is that there is a legacy customer service system in the world. Yeah, and I'm sure that these one nine hundred or whatever numbers are are part of that.
0: That's really interesting. Well, I feel like I would have made a great phone sex oh. worker. That was like oh. the camming of the 90s, right? Before they had camming, there was phone sex, and I used to do it for free. I had a private phone line in my in what? my room, and I used to talk to guys on the phone. <gasps> And I would talk sexy to them on the phone and they would jerk off and I would jerk off and we would have phone sex. I would do it all the time. <laughs> wow, how
1: did we not talk
0: about this? I had a very active phone sex life. I don't know, I guess it just never came up before, but well, it's about to come up <laughs>
1: <laughs> This is amazing.
0: yeah, I mean I've got a great voice, you know I'm a voice actor, so I've got your phone number here
1: we go <laughs> live on the
0: radio. <laughs> But no. yeah I mean I would there were times when I would do it almost every night. I had different guys I would talk to too. That is I had
1: multiple guys I mean, <laughs> I, mean, I have no problem with it. I mean, I prefer cyber sex over phone sex, but i I think it's a tremendous thing i mean i i even even just kind of growing up like I dug the commercials that would be on you know late at night and everything I was like oh wow this is this is really wild,
0: yeah, yeah, just thinking about that i mean sometimes i I remember. Sometimes they would call me at the same time. Like Who are once, these guys? One would, <laughs> would call waiting while I was talking to
1: the other one. Were they just guys you met, like, in an AOL chat room or no, something? No, no. Like, they were
0: people I knew in real life, like people I'd, you know, friend of a friend or something. <gasps>
1: Did they pay you?
0: <laughs> no. That's what I'm saying. I should have been getting paid. Yeah. Dumb girl. I mean, <laughs> I should have signed up for Entrepreneur. something.
1: Entrepreneur. <laughs> wow.
0: Yeah. Well... Or? i know you were a big fan of cyber sex i was too uh-huh. i like cyber sex but i liked phone sex even better so that was my favorite thing to do
1: okay i i we are going to uh sail these waters
0: <laughs> okay in a bit. the ship's leaving the dock i
1: mean because we're never really like apart so
0: yeah i know i know we have no reason to i'm gonna create sex. a condition can, here. okay we will create a condition
1: situation. We didn't get to the
0: smart dumb. Do you want to do that or do you want to do the listener email? No, let's
1: just go to the listener email.
0: Alright, cool. We'll save the smart dumb for next time. What is a good way to introduce NVC into a relationship without it seeming like some sort of intervention? Now let's back up.
1: Oh, sorry, that wasn't (laughs) NVC.
0: Back up. (laughs) NVC is nonviolent communication we've talked about on the show before yeah, and we've um, had a lot of experience with it. It's something I've known about for, oh, five or six years or something like that. Uh you too Brian you're yep. familiar with it. Very. Um it is a way it was it is a communication style and uh a book I guess a movement uh cult some would say. <laughs> some? Yeah. I don't really consider it a cult. It's just a way of talking, you know, that but but the thing is like when people first start out uh practicing NVC A lot of times they can sound really weird because they're trying really hard to just get into the mindset and use the terminology. Uh, And and it can sound like jargon. And people are like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like normal people like hear them talking this way and they're like, why? Why are they talking all weird? I don't understand. I mean,
1: so nonviolent communication is about addressing your needs, and the needs yeah. that you're hearing from the other person instead of going to judgments and making like very, uh, um, very, yeah, very finalized statements. And
0: the premise is that as human beings, all human beings have in common certain. Needs, universal human needs. And those are things like not only air, water, and food, but also like, you know, um, intellectual stimulation and uh, justice and things like abstract things like that.
1: Yeah, respect, visibility. Yeah, respect, visibility. Yeah, sure.
0: Definitely. And furthermore, when your needs are met, you feel positive, happy feelings. And when your needs are unmet or not met, you feel negative feelings. So, for example, you might feel bored because your need for uh, entertainment was not met. Sure. (laughs) You know, you might feel lonely because your need for connection was not met. You might feel happy and overjoyed because your need for food was just met. (laughs) You might feel satiated because your need for food was just met. Something like that. So the idea in NVC is to make a connection between the need and the feeling. Right? Yeah, right. You could also say something like when this happens, I feel blank because my because I need blank, right? It's right. sort of this model of observation, feeling, and then needs. And when you're having a conversation with that somebody that way, um Brian when I see you sitting there with your arms crossed, I feel confused because I need clarity. I don't know what you're sitting there like that for. Would you care to tell me? Yeah, so I, I <laughs> And the he- request is the last thing. Right. Observations, feelings, needs, requests.
1: Yeah, so I'm hearing you uh have a need for clarity.
0: Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. I feel understood. Very understood.
1: Okay. Um I have Right now I'm I'm feeling a need for uh sleep. Mhm.
0: Yeah, so you're feeling tired because you're you need sleep. Yeah. Yeah, I hear that. Mhm.
1: So I'm trying to uh address my need for relaxation right now.
0: Do you have a need to be to be heard about your your sleepiness?
1: No, I, I don't. I don't need to be heard, but I do feel heard and understood by you. Uh, so thank you for Ooh, that.
0: Thank you for making my life more wonderful. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> so we were just having like a mock NBC conversation, yeah. and that's that's. The and I'm not doing the best
1: job. That,
0: yeah. no, and that was on purpose because that's the way that some people talk when they are just learning about it and they haven't really figured it out, but they're trying to use that formula. Right. And the ironic thing about that is that the idea. The, the basic idea of NVC is that it's supposed to be a way to make a connection with somebody else, right? Mm-hmm. To really put yourself in their shoes and to really, you both understand each other on a deep level. Yeah, That's the goal. But in trying to use the language, people get tripped up in trying to use the, quote, correct language and be in proper NVC, be speaking proper NVC. And they end up um, making the connection second to that, and so it ends up defeating the purpose of actually building a bridge with somebody because the person is so focused on using the right language, so-called.
1: Yeah, it cuts through the bullshit and the pretense, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's 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 important. That can be important.
0: Well, supposed to cut through the bullshit. But, supposed to. But if, but if somebody starts – like if you've never heard what NVC is and you're totally new to this and somebody starts talking to you the way that Brian and I were just speaking to each other in that mock conversation, you'd probably be like – what the fuck are you talking about? Why yeah, right. are you using this weird phrasing? Like, it doesn't right. make sense. And so that kind of defeats any connection that might have been forming, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's the biggest pitfall and peril of NVC that I see is that, you know, it it's just awkward in the beginning sometimes. So yeah. I think you can get past it by integrating it and not always worrying about using that perfect phrasing or whatever but just keeping the idea of needs and feelings in mind and of course the first the first person you always use nvc with is is yourself right Yeah,
1: your internal uh, dialogue yeah Yeah,
0: it's so it's super useful to be able to name what you feel right sometimes people they don't really even know what they are feeling they feel Mm -hmm. weird or they feel bad but they can't really hone it down any further than that right so if you can identify like I actually feel really angry right now or I feel lonely or I feel frustrated or I feel bored instead yeah. of just I feel bad or I feel weird. And, okay, then the next step is, well, why do you feel frustrated? Mm-hmm. Why do you feel angry? Why do you feel bored? Because you need some creative outlet or I need some I need some answers. You know, I need some clarification. Sure. Uh, I need some what was the other one, uh, lonely? Oh, I need some companionship, you know? Right. Those are all, so you're getting a lot more specific about what you feel and why you feel that way. And it can be so helpful to just name out loud exactly what you're feeling because then you have better self-awareness. And right. then you can solve those problems for yourself. You can meet your own needs.
1: Yeah, I I have two recommendations. Uh, one is, is that, like, what I've experienced as more experienced NVC teachers or practitioners make the similar statement that the most important thing is that you're authentic. Because yes. if you're not being authentic, if you're using very robotic or like if you're spending too much time trying to like, I don't know, walk on eggshells with how you're trying to talk, you're you're like you said, Stephanie, you're gonna you're gonna break that connection. Yeah. So being authentic, look, there's times where look, drop it. And just say, say what's going on for you and just be authentic, be you. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I recommend that. My other recommendation is to, uh, the one problem in where NVC can get cultish, one of the areas where it can get cultish is uh, it has a belief or it it espouses this idea of benevolent divine energy. And I just want to make people aware of this, that that's there and you don't have to It doesn't have to be part of your NVC practice, your NVC use. Uh, Stay away from that.
0: I actually think that's pretty minor. Like, it is true that a lot of the people, like, if you get into the NVC community, right, Mm -hmm. if you start hanging out with people who are interested in NVC, you are going to find a lot of people who are also into this kind of, like, new age spirituality. Yeah. Yeah. And there's not that many people who I guess would self-identify as like atheists or like rational types. There's a lot of like feely types on the Myers-Briggs, you know, like F types and things like that. There's a lot of people who are into psychology and into relationships and maybe even a little into some stuff that I would consider woo-woo. Of course, that's a judgment, right? You want mm-hmm. to avoid judgments in NVC. But, um, you know, I think they just go together together. And Marshall Rosenberg, who's the founder of NVC, the person who developed it um, or discovered it, I don't know what to call it, but uh, the person who originally wrote about it and popularized it. Yeah. Um, yeah, he did mention that a couple of times in his books, but I don't think it's like a central tenet or anything like that. I, Well, I
1: don't know if we want to get into this here,
0: <laughs> but... Uh, you can certainly be an atheist and practice. NXT. Yes, that's
1: my point. My point is, is that it's not a package deal. Like you don't have to take it because Marshall Rosenberg makes it very clear that this is what you're what you're actually tapping into is the benevolent divine energy. It's not. I, I disagree mm. that it's a small thing. OK. Um, and, and he Maybe even you got but,
0: me there. Maybe I just ignored that part. Well, <laughs> selective that's, reading.
1: Well, w- w- you know, but there's there's other parts of it that. There's other statements that he's made that, well, anyway, I'm just saying, be prepared that someone might critique you, and these are some of the critiques that would come up.
0: Okay. Yeah, sure, that's fair. It's always fair to be prepared for critiques. So yeah. the the rest of this person's question was, we explained a lot of background, but they said, what's a good way to introduce NVC into a relationship without it seeming like some sort of intervention? There's a cultural construct I've come up against that psychology is employed only when a relationship is failing or worse. So I'm trying to avoid that because of course I've come to understand NVC as a very healthy way of fostering empathy and understanding. But the main NVC book looks a lot like the sort of book one would purchase if one is trying to fix something rather mm-hmm. than just make it better. Any suggestions? So, okay, I'm going to put my giraffe ears on, right? <laughs> Getting into NVC mode, is that's the jargon for that? And I'm I'm hearing That the person wants to improve his relationship, but also doesn't want it to come across as to his partner as though he thinks something's broken. Right. So what do you do? I don't, I think you can, mm, this is tricky. I think you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. In other words, I don't, I think if your partner is disinterested in NVC or in learning about any kind of communication strategies or psychological things strategies to improve your relationship there's not much you can do to get them interested there there has to be that spark of interest i I, mean i tend to lead by example and just you know if i want my partner to be interested in something i would just you know read a book about it and say oh yeah i'm reading this really interesting book do you want to read it with me do you want to do a little book club on it you want to talk about it and if they say no then mm, i'm not likely to really push the issue
1: (laughs) what about you brian brian so in my opinion, the way to get anybody into anything is you gotta you gotta sell it on sex. And <laughs> Oh, this is a great answer. I <laughs> okay. like it. And I think NVC can be like while in in normal usage for a lot of people it doesn't sound sexy at all, I think it can be very, very uh I think it can work well. Oh, yeah. Some of this
0: new age spirituality stuff can be really sexy if you can suspend your disbelief
1: and get into it. (laughs) Sure. Right. Right. But but like just just like say, hey, you know, I want to try this out. I want to try this new lingo in the bedroom. Right. And you work on NVC there. And that's where it kind of comes in. And if you can somehow and I'm not saying I've ever been able to do this because I'm not I, I don't really have that much of an interest. If you could somehow make. You know, make like, make it sexy, like turn your dirty talk into NBC somehow. I think that's how you could, you could, you could make it happen or you do the thing where, and lots of couples do this and it's not, and this is after a fashion, another language. OK. And a lot of couples, they, they make it a thing where around the table they'll, they'll start learning Spanish or French or Russian or something. And they'll start speaking at the table. They only speak Russian at the table and it becomes a game. Oh, yeah. And, make it a game. That's it. Yeah. And, and th- those are the two ways that I would say hmm. like of, of how to introduce it. I mean, because shit, when when you know when you're about to get your fuck on, it's all it's all about needs. I mean, it's, it's all desires. It's all. Oh, yeah. I, like. I need you to do this. I need you to whatever. You know what I'm I'm being a little bit of a joke, but but seriously, like I think it's not
0: like NVC needs. No, I know. Well, I uh, need
1: you to do X Y Z is not a need. No, I know. I know. That's what I'm saying. I'm being kind of kind of ridiculous in my description, but I think that that's a place where it can come into play and where um like kind of over exaggerated talk is almost expected true and so well, it's a that's place an to interesting practice.
0: approach because yeah i mean i think like if you can if your partner shows you that they're interested in something that you're interested in too whether it's nvc or mm-hmm. monster trucks or wrestling or whatever Woo. you know when your partner shows you that they're interested in your interests that's sexy and it starts to build a connection yeah and so then you can use that connection as the kindling for some kind of romantic fire you know and and then hopefully it'll just continue to burn
1: Started in the bedroom. That's my recommendation.
0: (laughs) All right, that's how you introduce NBC in a fun way into a relationship. Send us your relationship questions. You've just heard Sex and Science next week.
1: Game over. Actually, we'll play again next week.
0: Sex and Science Hour After Show brought to you by stuff dot
1: Use it for all of your shopping on Amazon. Needs?
0: Oh yes. Oh my, we did uh, we did really well this week. Actually, I'm oh, proud. All right. Yeah, I'm proud of our uh, Amazon affiliate revenue. <laughs>
1: A lot of our listeners. Maybe
0: people have been listening to us when we say to go to stuff.sexandsciencehour.com if you want to buy stuff. Or maybe they've been listening to our after show and they like what we've they like what they've heard, Brian. And uh, they're going on a shopping spree themselves. I could believe it. So what did people get this week on stuff.sexandsciencehour.com? Well perhaps one of the most interesting things was a full size uh, cotton twill memory foam futon. Whoa. I didn't know futons came in memory foam.
1: That is, um, that is very exciting.
0: Now, everybody always has the stereotype of the uncomfortable futon, right? Yeah, now, it's memory <laughs> like foam. Like the one you had in college that you got at Walmart, you put it together, you tried to sleep on it, but ouch, you woke up and your back was hurting. <laughs> That's the futon everybody thinks of. Nah. <laughs> but this is a comfortable futon made of mem- memory foam. And it was only 225 bucks, so really not too bad. Winner. And what color did they get, Brian?
1: Black. Yep, your favorite. Hey. <laughs> Someone's made a little shag pad right there.
0: Oh, yeah. Now, speaking of, this is a really cool item because we have experience with this. So somebody bought a pillow, not just any pillow, a full-body pillow, and not just any body pillow. It's a Snugglepedic shredded memory foam Bamboo body pillow.
1: Oh, I thought you were going to say it's like the shape of Michael Jackson or something. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that would have been great, but yeah, unfortunately, I don't think Amazon sells Beat it. Those. <laughs> All right, sorry. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? are you beating? Um, I, the reason I said this was cool was not only because I think it goes with the futon, perhaps, uh-huh. but because we have this very pillow. But we have the head, we have the head pillow, not the body pillow, Ah. and it is my favorite pillow. As a front sleeper, I sleep on my front. Right, Brian, you sleep on your side, or you usually you would prefer to sleep on your back, but you snore. Yeah, yeah. So So I don't turn over over to your side. Wow, there it is.
1: (laughs) Stephanie farts like nonstop throughout the night. Everybody farts. If you don't fart, you die. No, no, no. no, no. I know, but not. But this is something special it's way better than the alternative <laughs> this is something really special <laughs> I'm alive, <laughs> and you're a front sleeper, so it's like
0: I take probiotics it's okay? just
1: aerating the room i mean this is <laughs> this is pure pure stephanie murphy glade that's it's just. <laughs> Sorry, way sorry. to
0: ensure nobody else ever wants to sleep with me Just stay with <laughs> you're you, telling forever. me that, that you're telling them that i snore <laughs> <laughs> well farting is worse than snoring but i'm not embarrassed whatever i don't care no, i don't I i'm like secure it.
1: It smells good you get used to it.
0: <laughs> we'll get used to it some more because it's going to keep happening. Anyway, um, they got they got this Snugglepedic shredded memory foam uh, body pillow, which they did not have when I was looking into this option. Now I found this pillow on a website that reviewed pillows for front sleepers, and we talked about some of the pillows that I got and our reviews of each of this one, each of the pillows, and this one was my favorite. And the reason I liked it was not only because it's memory foam, but it's not solid memory foam. It's like chunks. Like, you know, when you jump into the foam pit at Sky Zone or when you're a kid and go to gymnastics, you jump in those foam blocks. Well, that's what's inside the pillow, only a smaller version. So (laughs) you can put your head in pretty much any uh, position and it's very comfortable on your neck. And this was only 70 bucks. I think I might I'm clicking Add to cart. All I right. think I might use my Stuff.SexandScienceHour and science hour revenue to uh go shopping for a new pillow. Do it.
1: Do it.
0: <laughs> I don't know what this is. Eaton Cutler Hammer QCF twenty thirty two pole. I have no fucking clue what that, what that was, that but thank you for buying it through Stuff.SexandScienceHour.com. and science hour dot com. Um incandescent three tier lawn lamp. Uh 1220 lumens, 20 vac, black, for 25 bucks. That's a yard lamp. That's pretty good. Nice. No bark collar. Ah, Mothka rechargeable dog barking control collar. This is for training your dog.
1: Ooh, you might need to get one of those for me.
0: I might. Are you into that? <laughs> Would you like to be trained like a dog? Because I can shock you. I can press the button. I'll wow. do it. I'll do it. <laughs> I'll deny you a treat
1: as well. whoa wow this this escalated quickly uh, <laughs> I not one for the collars not not on me anyway. Are we talking about
0: BDSM or are we talking about dogs? I, I don't know the, yeah, I don't even know anymore it's either. lines. <laughs> <laughs> no, are you talking about really BdSM? What do you mean? You don't like collars? Like when people are collared to a dominant or a submissive. is. I don't like to, to be do-
1: collared, no. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because you're not a submissive, right?
1: Right. Unless it's like, the it's, it's really got to be the right situation where, okay, fine, <laughs> I'll put that on.
0: Well, you don't need a collar to be a submissive. You can be a submissive anytime you want. Uh, well,
1: right. I'm just saying, I guess overall in the abstract, I would be willing to be the submissive. Under the right circumstances, right people, etc. Okay, that's that's all I'm saying.
0: Am I the right person? Yeah, <laughs> of course. Ah, uh, thank you. <laughs> I think you know Brian and I really are not that into BDSM, not very much at all. <laughs> but I think we're kind of both. Doms. <laughs> if we have to pick a side, we're both kind of dom dominant. Shit, we're gonna so have to find a submissive. It's gonna be dom versus dom, or we're gonna be bossing someone else around. Yeah, yeah. That's we're gonna have a guest happen. star. Yep. <laughs> anyway, somebody brought a Put printer cartridge. I know I you're so. dying to hear about this after okay. our little BDSM scene. Um, <laughs> uh, somebody bought a, a genuine Canon PGI 250 uh, five ink printer cartridge for 62.92. That's pretty good. I mean it's all four primary colors plus black. Uh let's see what else. Somebody got a fitted sheet pack of deep brushed velvet microfiber. Ooh. from utopia bedding.
1: Ooh. I wonder if they're like frictionless. That's
0: Yeah, that would be awesome. So this these are a pack of six fitted
1: sheets. Let us know. You gotta change
0: those like every week, especially if you're active in your bed. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I want to do every couple of days if you're doing it right. Mm,
0: definitely. Uh somebody got a bike tube. Uh it looks like a bike. Oh no. It's um yeah, I'm trying to figure out what this is that was for. A noise. Yeah, it was. It was a noise of confusion. Um your robust and reliable partner to give smooth riding and handling. Good value. Carry me. Let's cycling. These descriptions. Like who writes them? Um so I still don't know what this does. I think it's like a tube that you inflate your bike tires with? I'm not really sure. It's called a bike tube. Okay. Anyway, uh Ooh, you'll like this, Brian. Maca powder. Oh, maca. Yeah, that's good stuff. Two pounds of raw organic maca powder. It's a powerful superfood. HealthWorks USDA certified organic maca root powder has been used for thousands of years as a powerful addition to a healthy diet. So what does it do?
1: It'll give you a student hoffer.
0: Really? It's like yohimbe or whatever. Well, it, I mean, part Viagra? of the claim.
1: It's one of those. I mean, it's well, like I said, it's a superfood. It's one of those things that often ends up on the lists of increasing libido.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, but, I'd like to try some of that. I <laughs> let's see if it works. I did
1: for a while. I don't know. Well, mm-hmm. I'm a terrible example. You're already on a hundred percent anyway, dear. Twenty. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really. You, like, why
0: Why were you trying to turn it up to 200? Well, <laughs> oh, I
1: just wanted to see if I could. I was like, you know, like, can I actually get hornier? Now, I should have known. That's just not possible. <laughs> but I tried.
0: Yes, you tried. And with your maca powder, you'll get protein, fiber, vitamins, B vitamins, calcium, iron, potassium, manganese, and fatty acids. All right. Good shit. Organic castor oil by Sky Organics. Um, castor oil is useful for a lot of things. You know, I was just reading, um, some people use it to promote hair growth, like to make their hair grow. Some people use it to put it on their eyelashes to make their eyelashes grow. Now, I don't know if that works by stimulating the root of the hair to actually grow and make more hair, or if it protects the end of the hair from breaking off because hair is an equilibrium. It's not just about how fast it grows. It's about, does it break off at the end? Wow. So you got to consider both factors. I know a lot about this because I've spent some time reading about it. Another thing you can do with castor oil, apparently, is. Some people say for, for uterine fibroids, which affect a lot of women, like 70 or 80% of women by the time they're 50 years old have fibroids, mm-hmm. which are like these benign kind of tumors in your uterus that can bleed a lot when you get your period or whatever, or they can just swell up and be pu- annoying. Well, some people say that if you put like a castor oil pack on on top of your abdomen, it'll shrink the fibroid. I don't know if it's true, but wow. I read it. I was All reading right. about it. Okay. <laughs> So, castor oil, multiple uses. Uh, Matcha, organic green matcha tea. Do you like matcha tea?
1: No. I actually
0: hate it. I tried to, I want to like it. I wanted to like it. It's so weird. I almost never met a tea I didn't like, but I don't like matcha.
1: Yeah, I I don't, I don't know. I'm not that big of a fan of liquids that, like, aren't even translucent. (laughs) You know, like, I'm... Yeah, not okay with this.
0: Yeah, it's. I mean, it looks really healthy because it's like a bright green, almost like a smoothie or something. You can't see through it. Yeah. Um. Well, I mean, some people really like it. I can drink it once in a while, but I wouldn't go out of my way to buy it. But yeah, anyway, so- it's very nutritious. EGCg, all that
1: stuff. Sometimes I get samples of it in uh, from from Republic of Tea mm. and powder in- or a tea bag. Both, yeah, uh, and and I'll you know, I'll try it out. And the powder is interesting because you can just get those little like packets where mm-hmm. the powder, where it's one shot, the powder comes out. But I don't know, that's the only time I ever drink it just because I can't waste things.
0: Yeah, good call. Uh, organic almond oil by Sky Organics as well. A pound of it, almond oil is great because it's really good for massage, mm. you can use it to rub down your partner, as we've been learning about massage, Brian, oh, haven't boy. we? That's been really fun.
1: Your masseuse will be ready in about an hour.
0: Oh, good. I'm booking an appointment in <laughs> advance. <laughs> I know how that last appointment went <laughs> um, ooh. well. Almond oil is really good for massage. It's also good for um, all kinds of other things. Like you can mix it with other essential oils and make like delicious smelling perfume oils and uh, massage oils, and it uh, keeps your skin soft. It's what?
1: When I, used, when I was a kid, we used to walk around the mall, and you know the mall, or you know you know how they'll have like the little island stores, and usually somebody will run up to you and say, "Oh, try this from the Dead Sea, this this new oil, <laughs> and rub it on your hands, and yes. it'll give you this new youthful vigor, and all this all this bullshit and everything." Uh-huh. And my dad, whenever they'd say essential oils, he would just so straight laced. He would just in straight face. He would just say like Mobile One, <laughs> and. <laughs> <laughs> and and they just like they just stop dumbfounded. You know? Oh my like, god, like, that's kind of fuck? funny. And they'd, then they'd they laugh. Didn't expect him to And say he'd that. just walk away, and he'd like he'd do this funny like little like twist. And yeah, he walk wasn't away. buying anything. The cheap. No, no, no. The kidding. Yeah, I, was, oh,
0: I wasn't gonna say it. Well, I did. Aw, that's okay. mean. You shouldn't say that about your dad. You're Jewish too. <laughs> He's your dad. I know. <sighs> anyway, so Jesus Christ yeah. Almighty. Yeah.
1: Don't bring him up. <laughs> Wow. Talk about insensitive.
0: <laughs> Avery mini assorted binder pockets for five by five. Someone's going back to school. I don't know if that's a good thing. Or they just love to organize things in binders. $4.99 for a pack of three.
1: Hey, now really. Look, if if, if I had, I don't really have the use, but if I did, I'd still use a Trapper Keeper. Like, oh nonstop. my God.
0: Yeah, me too. I'd be all over Who it. Who wouldn't? I think people do still use them. Yeah. Hammer mill paper, premium ink and laser poly wrap, letter paper. I think it's just regular printer paper to go with the printer cartridge. That would make sense. And the trapper keepers. Oh, here's an interesting one. 55 pack aluminum foil containers with lids. Take out. These are like takeout containers, like to put your food in, especially like Indian food. They have like a like an aluminum foil container mm-hmm. with a paper lid, and then you fold the aluminum over the paper to keep it closed.
1: Is that to stop the Illuminati from yes. figuring out what's in this? It absolutely
0: containers? is, yeah. Aluminum stops Illuminati. Oh, it all makes sense. I know. I figured everything out.
1: Good job. <laughs> all right.
0: Bushwhacker Carson wise hop. Sorry, sir. <laughs> Bushwhacker Carson Black Bicycle Expandable Seat Wedge. Uh, under seat bag so this is a bag that you put under your bicycle seat it's like a fanny pack but for your bicycle oh 14.95 very cool i nice. bet this was bought by the same person who bought that other bike and accessory I and bet I, I think i know, who, I know who, it who it is too and love you man <laughs> thank you for listening to sex and science hour while you cycle um uh, <laughs> tied pods three in one high efficiency turbo laundry detergent packs Spring Meadow Scent, 81 count for $18.23 with a $2 coupon, but you got to clip it. Don't forget to clip those coupons, people.
1: It's oh, so outrageous that Amazon to. has coupons, for fuck's sake. I,
0: well, the only reason they have them is because people say, Ooh, there's a coupon. I'll buy that one. Ugh. And then, what do they forget to do? Clip the coupon. <laughs> so Amazon gets an extra 2 bucks.
1: Huh. <laughs>
0: Three point five millimeter male audio video extension cable this is one of those cables where it's like a regular headphone jack on one end and it's it's male male okay so it's both ends are both ends have the little penis like thing it's crazy that they call them male and female cable. Really? You're going to gender a cable because it looks like a penis? Okay. Well,
1: it, it, <laughs> it acts like one. I mean. It,
0: and it acts like one? No, no, I'm not saying <laughs> if it, it looks, looks like, like it, a penis. Male, like, and it what, acts like a penis. What
1: goes in? What, like, what's a receiver and what is, you know, what goes in?
0: Well, uh, they could call it like, uh, I don't know. They could call it a dildo or something, or they could call it like the penetrator <laughs> or something, or the the receptive end or the penetrating end. I,
1: I don't know. I, I don't know if I agree with you on this one. like that—that's been in in the tech world. That's been a problem for a while. Where now they no longer want to call your the, the the primary board in your computer. They don't want to call it a motherboard anymore. Now they want to call it a main board. And I like that idea. It's just one of What's those... What's wrong with calling A main board is more efficient. I, I know, but, like, there's just some, there's some terms that I think that have been, or, like, that, that are just so stuck, and you know, like, I absolutely do not think about my mother when I'm thinking about her motherboard. <laughs> like, the exact opposite thoughts are going through my mind. Like, I just, I don't, I don't know. Brian, you are
0: a conservative. wow. <laughs> i i established today now hear me out there's a whole theory here i established today that brian is actually a conservative and here's how i know (laughs) what is the definition of a conservative well what i learned in school was a conservative is somebody who wants to go back to a better time in the past and what is the definition of a progressive well a progressive wants to move into the future Conservatives want to go back to the past. Progressives want to move into the future.
1: I will accept your definition at this time.
0: Okay. So that's part one. Now, Brian is constantly posting about how great the 80s and 90s were. Music, movies, entertainment, culture, everything was sex, sex, sex. He loves that. He waited in line at Best Buy today (laughs) (laughs) to get an NES classic. He got tickets to a... A a WWE wrestling event? (laughs) Pay-per-view. A pay-per-view, even. Premier event. They still have pay-per-view? Who knew? (laughs) Uh, And he was posting about how glorious it is that it's almost like the 90s. And I said, Brian... Do you fancy yourself a conservative? Because I think you want to go back to a better time in the past. And that's the 90s. Now, granted, usually conservatives, your typical mainstream conservative, wants to go back more like to the 1950s or something like that. Right. Not to the 1990s. But Brian still wants to go back to the past. It's just a different past, a different time in the past. What do you think about my theory, Brian?
1: Uh, uh, your, Your definition is... Found wanting, but uh, but if I accepted it, fine. I am a, I am a conservative that wants to go back to the nineties. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, Brian, you admitted it. There, there All right, it we is. can move on now. All right, so anyway, somebody got this male male. But I'm not. Cable. Hold on, hold
1: on. But I'm not like I'm not really a conservative. No, okay. I know, I know you're not.
0: I'm just teasing. You. Yeah, I just thought you would. I just thought you would get mad, so that's why I said. Yeah. <laughs> Not that I try not that I strive to make you mad or anything. I just thought that would be a brain teaser for you. Sure. <laughs> okay, anyway, this cable was $239. We probably got like one cent out of it, but hey, every cent adds up, so thank you very much. Uh Case Star, two-piece clear waterproof battery storage case. This is probably for like a Oh I was gonna say it's looks like it's for a phone battery, but a lot of phones don't have removable batteries anymore. This looks like it might be a, a case for a battery for like a flashlight or something like that. I don't really know what it's for, but it was 699 So there okay. you go. Probably waterproof. If In a hurricane, that's, that's good to have because you want to keep your batteries dry and you want to keep your batteries charged so you can use your shit when it, the power goes out. Absolutely. All right. Uh, R-Link, 600 megabytes per second dual-band USB Wi-Fi dongle for 1298 Got to have a dongle. There's a dongle for everything, and dongles you should have. WideLand backlit air remote control, 2.4 gigabyte mini wireless keyboard mouse. I don't know what the fuck... The The problem with Amazon is that everybody tries to SEO their item description. Yes, And so they put all these words in there, and you can't tell what the goddamn thing is. It's really annoying. You have to look at the picture, you have to kind of like read the words and put two and two together... Um, this appears to be some kind of keyboard that, and a remote. And I gather that it goes to the Android TV box because that word is in there. Nah. Uh, but yeah, um, I can't really figure out what it is, but it was $12.
1: Well, I'll tell you a little trick that I do on Amazon. Uh, everything that I'm looking for at the end of it. Whatever it's, I'm typing out keyboard something like that. Mm-hmm. I bet the, I mean, not that I'm going to find a keyboard necessarily like this, but I type in the word waterproof. Oh, and that significantly cuts down the amount of products that I get, and also gives me waterproof products. <laughs> so now, why do you want waterproof? I'm just that I'm just that way. Where like I want. I mean,
0: it to... it's useful. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, you never know when something might spill or something. I'm paranoid about that.
1: Yeah, I. I don't know, just varying events in my life where as much as can be waterproof, I want to be waterproof. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you never know. I don't know when you're going to have to go trudging through a swamp or something.
0: <laughs> well, hopefully there's no swamps in New Hampshire. There won't be. There'll be snow. You've seen some ponds that are and... oh, dang yeah. near. Dank. They're dank ponds. I
1: mean, they like, you might as well be walking through a swamp. <laughs>
0: Finally, the last thing somebody got was the T-Power Charger Supply for Bose Companion 2 Series PC Speakers. This is a spare cord to char- to plug in your Bose speakers. 6.6 p- feet long, $12. I know it's a little anticlimactic, but hey, there you go. One product review from me. Okay. Um, I'm going to make my product review. Oh, come on. Where is it? I just had it up. Ah, okay. <laughs> I am going to make my product review Spry Xylitol Mints.
1: Oh, these are good.
0: They are so good. Brian and I both love them. Yeah. We have a, a can of them right here in the studio, actually. Did so you can hear that? Oh,
1: that probably sounds amazing.
0: <laughs> Not in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> they come in all different flavors, and they are sugar-free, made out of Xylitol, And xylitol is one of those sugar alcohols that's really not that bad. It's not like Splenda or anything like that. It's one of the natural ones. Um, Yeah, they're just really good. You can keep eating them and eating them, and you don't have to brush your teeth because they don't make your teeth icky. In fact, they make make your teeth healthy. And they're a little bit expensive, but they come in a huge pack. Um, I get a two pack of 240 count mints, so this, this is like 500 mints, and we go through them. Um, I like the berry flavor and I like the cinnamon flavor, but they also have lemon, peppermint, all kinds of stuff. So anyway, that again, that's Spry Xylitol mints. Brian, would you like to do a review?
1: Um, I have nothing to review at this time. I love my, <laughs> I love. We kind of did
0: this the NES, yeah.
1: I love my SNES Classic. This thing, I am going to. You know, I got to tell you, really. The controllers alone, those control now they're not. And and I I know, I know they're not the exact mock-up of like the original. I mean, they're the same size, but there's a little bit of a design difference. They are just the best feeling controllers I've touched in probably like, like 10, 15 years. I mean, they feel amazing. Mm, Touched by an angel. Yeah. By Satan. And (laughs) it's just, it's so, they, they feel so good. And, and like I was playing Star Fox and the controls were just so tight. I I mean, I was I was in heaven. That's that's what I have to say about that. There's there's my little bit of extra review.
0: All right, there you have it. Okay, well, I guess we'll sign off for here. Thank you so much for tuning into our show. This has been a great show tonight. Um, we'll be back at you next Friday. Definitely send us your relationship questions because we love having relationship questions to talk about. Show at sexandsciencehour.com or you can email us through our contact form on our website, sexandsciencehour.com or you can post them in our Facebook group if you don't care about your privacy at all. (laughs) (laughs) Or you can make a sock on Facebook if you do care about your privacy (laughs) and post them in our Facebook group. Sex and Science Hour podcast community on Facebook. All right, that's enough. Back at you next week. Thanks so much for tuning in. Have a great one.